Chapter Thirty Four of the Snowburner by Henry Oyen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Chapter Thirty Four, The Bargain. Reivers led the way to his teepee and bade Moyer wait a moment by the fire while he spoke to Tilly. Dress yourself and Neopa in your newest," he commanded. Then do you both come in to me, bringing food for two men. "'What's wrong, Sonny?' laughed Moyer, seeing Reivers come under the door-flap alone. "'Hast lost the whip over thy cattle?' "'They're getting some grub ready,' replied Reivers fawningly. "'They'll be here in a minute. Let's have a drink out of that bottle, mister. That's the stuff.' He tipped the bottle to his lips and lowered the burning liquor in a fashion that made even Moyer open his eyes in admiration. "'Takest a man-sized nip for a broken waster, Sonny,' he chuckled, and measuring with his fingers on the bottle a drink larger than Reivers, he tossed it gurgling down his hairy throat. Reivers took the bottle from his hand. "'I always take an eye-opener before my real drink.' said Reivers, and, measuring off twice the amount that Moyer had taken, he drank it off like so much water. The fiercest liquor made was to Reivers only a mild stimulant. On his abnormal organization it merely had the effect of intensifying his characteristics. When he wished to drink whiskey he drank out of full-sized water tumblers. When he did not wish to drink, he put liquor from him with contempt. Now he handed the bottle back to Moyer. The latter looked at him and at the bottle, a trifle puzzled but not dismayed. Reivers had apparently unconsciously passed the challenge to him, and it was not in his nature to play second to any man in a drinking bout. "'Shouldst have taken all thee wanted that time, Sonny,' said Moyer, and finished the bottle." "'No more?' muttered Reivers vacantly. "'Gallons,' replied Moyer. "'Whiskey enough to drown you dead, if your women satisfy.' "'Look at them,' said Reivers, as the door-flap was flung back. "'Here they are.' Tilly came in first. She was dressed in white buckskin, her hair hanging in two thick braids down her shoulders. Neopa followed, and the wistfulness that had come into her face from thinking of Nawa made her the more interesting in Shanty Moyer's eyes. A glance from Neopa's fawn-like eyes at the big man whom Reivers had brought home with him, and then her eyes sought the ground, and she trembled. Tilly looked at Moyer with interest. Save for the snow-burner, she had never seen so masterful a man. She looked at Reivers and saw that he was not watching her. So she smiled upon Moyer slyly. She was the Snowburner's slave. His will was her law. But since he refused to notice her smiles, it would do no harm to smile upon a man like this iron hair, just a little, when the Snowburner was not looking. Moyer read the smile wrong and spoke sharply to Reivers. Take the young one outside for two minutes, 
I've a word to say to this one. To his surprise, Reivers rose without demur, thrust Neopa out before him, and dropped the flap. "'Listen,' whispered Moyer swiftly in her own tongue to Tilly. "'We will put this man out of the way. It is easily done. Then you will go with me, you and the young one, and you will be first in my teepee and the young one your slave. Speak quickly. We will be out on the trail in an hour.' Still smiling invitingly, Tilly shook her head. "'The snow-burner is the master,' she said seriously. "'I will slay the man who does him harm. I cannot do what he does not wish. I cannot go away from him.' "'But when he is dead, fool, he can have no wish.' The smile went from Tilly's full lips, and she took a step toward the opening. "'Stop!' laughed Moyer softly. "'I merely wished to know if you are a true woman.' "'All right, old Sonny,' he called. "'Come on in.' "'I takest off cap to you, lad,' he continued, as Reivers and Neopa re-entered. "'Hast got thy squaws fair buffaloed.' His eyes ran over the shrinking Neopa in cruel appraisal. "'Now, old Sonny, out with it. What's thy idea of the bargain?' Reivers looked longingly toward the empty whiskey bottle. "'Said enough,' laughed Moyer. "'Shall have all the hooch thy guts can hold.' Reivers shook his head, a sly grin appearing on his lips. "'Hooch is good,' said he. "'But gold is better.' "'Go on,' said Moyer sullenly. "'You've got gold,' continued Reivers. "'I saw it. You've got lots of gold. "'I've heard them talk about you down at Rafteries. "'You want us to go with you when you go back to your camp, don't you?' Moyer nodded angrily. "'I want the women,' he said brutally. "'I might be able to use you, too.' Reivers cackled and rubbed his hands. "'You've got to use me if you're going to have the women,' he chuckled. "'You know that by this time, don't you, mister?' Again Moyer's black head nodded in grudging assent. "'What then?' he demanded. "'I'm a handy man around a camp, mister,' whined Reivers. "'You got to take me along if you take the women. But I can be a help.' "'Canst cook?' snapped Moyer suddenly. "'Ha, <laughs> ha, can I cook?' Reivers rubbed his hands. "'I'm an old—I used to be an old sourdough, mister. Did you ever see one of the old-timers who couldn't cook?' "'Might use thee, then,' said Moyer. "'My fool of a cook is gone. Send him after a woman for me, and he hasn't come back.' happened he got himself killed, the fool. Wilt kill him myself if he ever shows up without the woman. Well, then, if that's settled, what's the bargain? Reivers appeared to struggle with indecision. In reality, the situation was very clear to him. Moyer had listed him as a weakling. Therefore, he had no fear of taking him to the mine. Once there, 
Moyer would be confident of winning the loyalty of the two women from their apparently helpless master. And as it was apparent that the man whom Reivers had slain with a rock had been Moyer's cook, it was probable that he was sincere in his offer to use Reivers in that capacity. "'In the spring,' said Reivers in reply to Moyer's question, "'me and my two kids go north again, back among their own people.' "'In the spring,' growled Moyer, "'canst go to hell for all of me. I'll be traveling then myself. Speak out, Sonny, how much?' "'Plenty of hooch for me all winter,' Reivers leered with drunken cunning. "'I said plenty,' retorted Moyer. "'What else?' "'Gold,' said Reivers, rubbing his hands. "'Gold enough to buy me hooch for all next summer.' Moyer smiled at the miserable request of the man he was dealing with. His eyes ran over the plump Tilly, over Neopa, the supple child woman. "'Done!' he laughed. "'And now, old son, break up thy camp while I load my sledge with hooch. Be ready to travel when I come back. I'll bring plenty of liquor, but none to be drinked till we're on the trail. We'll travel fast and far to-night, I warn thee, but whilst have a snug berth in my camp when we get there. Yes!' he laughed as he hurried out, wilt not be able to tear thyself away. End of chapter 34 Recording by Roger Moline